Hello and welcome to Powerband Podcast, New Zealand's premier motorcycling podcast made by Kiwi riders for Kiwi riders and proudly brought to you by Motomark. Check out motomark.co.nz. More about Motomark later on. My name's Ray here and joining me is co-host Matthew Day-Gillett. G'day man, been a while. <laughs> it has been a while. You've been a busy boy gallivanting around the world. Yeah, or halfway around the world and then coming back and then off to the Coromandel straight away because that's what you do when you've uh, not slept in 24 hours. You jump in a car and you drive for another two. And you got a long weekend, why not? Yeah, yeah, it's been it's been a busy, busy wee while. It has been. Uh, let's not dwell on the hellos and catch-ups too much. Let's dive straight into the news because we've got a jam-packed episode this week. Congratulations to Graham Jarvis, 2019 Erzberg Rodeo winner. Don't spoil it for me too much more than that because I haven't actually had a chance to sit down and watch all, what is it, eight hours on YouTube about it. Uh, it's I know, that's the fantastic thing about YouTube, isn't it? Like, you can watch almost anything these days. It's one of my favourite events to watch as well. From from the start, in the middle of that, that quarry, straight up the sides, and then they're into the twisty, gnarly stuff. Man, those guys can ride bikes, can't they? Oh, yeah, and every now and then you get someone mad like, Chris Birch or Lyndon Poskett who does it on a bike that's completely not suited for it. Um, Chris Birch has done it on a big KTM adventure and Lyndon Poskett who's a multiple times Dakar finisher did it on his Dakar rally bike one year. Wow. It's an epic, epic event. I could watch those World Enduro Super Series um, rounds all day in, all day out. I wish it was... um, yeah, I just wish it was on at a respectable time in our neck of the woods, because um, then you could watch it live. Don't you wish it was on TV? Like, I'm sure it's on Sky or something, but who wants to pay for that? Don't you wish it was on normal TV, maybe even Duke? Like, put something like that on. I know, you kind of think it would be great in a sense of building our sport, wouldn't you? Um, it seems to me that in this country, uh, and, and, and dare I say anything against rugby, racing and beer, if it's not rugby or horse racing, you don't get to see it. Yeah, uh, which is a shame, unless you... Um, fork out for Sky but who knows how long they're left in for um, this market the way um, they've been mismanaged for the last what decade oh don't even get me started on fan pass yeah right moving right <laughs> along 2020 could be the last brass monkey no believe it so uh, the weekend just been Queen's birthday weekend was Brass Monkey 2019 uh, if you don't know what the Brass Monkey is basically it's a bunch of hardy riders uh, generally in the South Island uh, go to the middle of central Otago where it's uh, so cold it's crispy and uh, camp out in a paddock for a night or two uh, hang around a giant fire and uh, talk yarns um, it sounds like a great time to be honest it's the South Island version of uh, cold kiwi oh, I know you're a proud Otago boy <laughs> it is one of New Zealand's best known and longest running motorcycle rallies and it may be headed for its last time next year because of a lack of new blood. Brass Monkey spokesperson John Williams, uh, he was one of the organisers, he said they are determined to host the event's 40th run next year but there are no promises beyond that. Have a listen. This year is bandied around as possibly being the second last Brass Monkey with next year being the 40th. Uh, We're determined to have the 40th next year but there's no promises being made after that um, for simple reason that you know uh, there's no new blood coming along bureaucracy is getting in the way uh, the costs are going up we're trying to keep our fees as low as we can Uh, they are $50 they've been for the last two or three years Uh, we don't want to put it up uh, but it's yeah it's just some of the enthusiasm is going out and it's good to get more blood on but it's just not coming on 
Yeah, well, a lot of clubs around the country, some of them are actually not having rallies because of the bureaucracy that's involved. Health and safety is a big thing. Uh, we've started to do our own hazard uh, reporting this year and doing health and safety for rally goers so they know what's on, just so it can be seen that we're actually involving everybody and informing them. Well, the very first rally uh, started off with only 300 people. Um, and then it's actually snowballed from there. So the first rally was very low key. Um, I don't even, I can't remember, but I don't even think we had a bar at the time. So the bar license has had a major issue involved with it. Because of that, we also have to have uh, security. So that's one of the reasons we do get a liquor license is we have security on site. Uh, generally, they're not required because we've never actually had any problems here on site. And thank you very much, Stuff, for the story and interview on that because uh, obviously I wasn't down there to record that myself. But uh, it's definitely an event I'd be keen on on getting amongst. Honestly, when he's saying new blood, I think he is talking about us. Now, when I heard initially you know, at, what was it, quarter past five this morning, you messaged um, our group Facebook um, chat about this, um, well, the wife wasn't awake at that point, but I read it and was like, oh, damn, I should go to that next year. It'd be great. Take the old man. He's always wanted to do it. Um, and then she gave me um, a choice. I could either do the Burt Monroe Challenge, um, which the trip seems to be getting longer and longer. Um, we were discussing it over the weekend at Mum and Dad's and um, the word 10 days came up. And I was like, hmm, that could be interesting. 10 days riding on bikes. Um, or or could do the Brass Monkey um, because it ain't cheap. Um, it was pointed out to me to uh, cruise around on a motorbike for, like, you'd take a half a week at least to, well... Well, I think the cruising around on motorbikes is cheap, but it's things like $111 each way on the ferry. Yeah, um, so you're looking at $1,000 um, pretty quick once you add up sort of like food and booze, definitely booze. If I just, like our trip around Taranaki, if I just uh, account for what I spent at petrol stations over that three days for me, it was 125 bucks. Oh, so you need yourself a Honda Rally. I spent 56 <laughs> I did do half the distance you did mind, but um, yeah, I was pretty pretty stoked with that. So the organisers of the Brass Monkey also have a good point, and they say that a lot of uh, clubs around the country don't hold these sorts of events anymore because of the red tape, the health and safety, the the forms that you have to fill out. Uh, so this year they did start um, organising their own uh, health and safety and risk management. But man, health and safety, it's uh, I get why it's there, but it takes all the fun out of it doesn't it i know and when you've got a whole lot of drunk motorcyclists hanging around a giant fire it really is a surprise what could go wrong i know right it's a surprise it hasn't um, come to an end already to be honest but now i'm i'd really really like to go and i'm going to try and do it but i'm also going to try and make it to the cold kiwi this year um so yeah i'm sort of i keep planning all these trips away from the family and i don't think the wife is particularly pleased with that i think it's a short-term thing though eh? i mean i had the same conversation with my wife i spent a lot of time in the garage slash uh slash studio either i'm working on the dirt bike working on the road bike recording the podcast slash. <laughs> um <laughs> but in motorcycling i think when you've got a young family yes it takes you away from the family but my goal is to get my young fella oakley on 
on the back of the bike uh, when he's old enough. I mean, we're talking probably, uh, I don't know, six or seven or eight on a dirt bike, but on the back of a road bike, probably more like 12, 13. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, I couldn't think of anything better than, come on, son, we're off, and, and jumping on the bike and going for a couple of days, you know, to the cold Kiwi or, or any kind of um, or doing motorcycle rally. Like what? Um, what is it? Tusk Buster? One of those big trail rides. Like that's my dream is to get my little fella Richie um, onto a trail bike when he's old enough. Though um, the age keeps getting pushed back by the missus. Um, I wanted three. <laughs> she said five. I said four. She said five. <laughs> you said four. She said ten. Yeah. So, um, but that's my goal as well because that's one of the things that I share with my dad. He got me into motorcycling. It's his fault that I'm in this position. And um, it's one of those things like I did the Cold Kiwi a couple of years ago and half the reason to do it, um, one was for a story um, for the magazine I worked for at the time and the other was um, it was something dad's talked about doing and we got to do it together and it was awesome. And I think he looks back at that and goes, that's a really fun memory. He even brought it up this year and he's like, oh, I'll be doing the Cold Kiwi again now. And I was like, oh, I'd like to. And then I got the filthy look from the missus and I was like, We'll discuss this later at length. So if anyone's <laughs> got any strategies for dealing with the uh, the missuses, the missi, what's the plural of missus? Missi? Let's just make it up. Yeah, missi. <laughs> or missiles. Uh, email us, uh, powerbandpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, but um, yeah, it's only a short-term thing, isn't it? It's a balancing act, uh, making sure the missus happy, spending time with the young fellas, and then kind of indulging in our own uh, addictions on two wheels. Yeah, well, I think for us, it's, it's refilling our cup, as they say say um it gets a wee bit tiring the whole being a parent thing and well it's it's exactly what we what we talked about uh actually later in the podcast we've got an interview with natasha kins who is uh, a queen of dirt uh she's a, a top dirt rider uh and i asked her i won't ruin the interview with for you but i asked her in the interview why she gets on two wheels why she gets out in the bush and why she rides and she said it's her happy place it's her recharge it's her release mm, and i to be honest that's that's it for me these days because I can't really go fishing too much because I live in Cambridge and it's a good long way to get a... You got a river through there? I mean, sure, it's been through... I don't want to catch some manky f- river fish. No, I want to go out and go out to the sea, get the salt air and pretend I'm a pirate. Oh, that's some of the best water in the country, though. That comes straight out of Lake Taupo. Come on. Yeah, but it, by the time it gets to me in Cambridge, it's filled with cow shit. So, <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a bit filthy looking. Um, There's a reason why Waikato Draft tastes the way it does. Oh, it tastes... Brilliant. What are you talking about? <laughs> anyway, um, we're getting off topic here. Yeah, we are. We, 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 I think we, um, we were about finished that and we're going to move on to the next piece of news, weren't we? Yes, we were. Kawasaki have a new dual sport coming out. Yeah, and it's a bit of an interesting one. So we, I can't remember if we covered this um, in a previous... Um, Let's just say we did, yeah. ...series of... Yeah, if, if we've covered it in a previous series. Um, but so Kawasaki brought back the KLX 250S uh, last year, which had been... Um, or in hibernation I suppose is a good way to put it um, the bike had disappeared it was previously a carbureted bike and it's come back um, and now it's fuel injected um, it was actually one of the bikes I test rode when I was tossing up whether or not to buy uh, old Rosie the Rally here and it's a nice bike in that and there were a few rumblings of sort of like hmm yeah hmm at Kawasaki when I was talking to the blokes and I was like hmm, you guys have something up your sleeve and it turns out it was this uh, the KLX 230 um, which brings one of the things that basically won the Honda over for me ABS 
Um, so it is Kawasaki's first dual-purpose bike with dual-purpose ABS. Which Does your Honda have ABS? It does. I can switch it off at the rear. Oh, wow. Yeah, go for skids, man. But yeah, so this new KLX230, it is a 233cc two-valve single with an electric start, single overhead cam, and is quietly fuel-injected. Um, so it doesn't sound like a sewing machine, I reckon. Haven't seen it yet. The bike is due in around August. Um, Kawasaki tells us um, but yeah the ABS is the big big interesting bit here for me because unlike the rally where you can switch off the rear and that way you get to skid about in that um, Kawasaki has developed this system with Bosch who um, make everything from what spark plugs to fuel injectors to um, ABS systems so this system is optimized for both on and off-road applications so the way I read it in um, the press pack which I admit I've only skimmed through and I've been very Hung, uh, not hungover. What's the thing when you've been on a plane for too long? Jet lagged. Jet lagged. Yeah, that's the thing. Um, so I've been a wee bit jet lagged, but the way I read it is, well, I'll read it straight off the press release. How about that? Yeah, if anyone, if other outlets can do that, so can we, right? Oh, totally. So Kawasaki says the revolutionary new system jointly developed with Bosch was carefully tuned to enable both on road and off road use. Designed to assist riders to stop effectively in a short distance in either situation. Dual-purpose ABS offers additional reassurance to new and intermediate riders when riding on a low-friction surface. So I don't know about you, but that tells me it's not switchable. It is designed to be working all the time, and it will work in either situation. Yeah, I mean, you've only got to talk to people like um, Kiwi Riders Ben Wilkins about his opinion of ABS on gravel. He's not a fan. Yeah, neither is Kiwi Riders uh, Jock. (laughs) Jock McLaughlin, who was um, on the trip to Thailand with me, and... um, yeah, it was very. He was very quick to work out how to turn the ABS off on uh, that motor guzzy we were playing around with. Was it an easy switch off, or did he have to pull a fuse? Um, it can be done, um, but um, as we'll find out later, I I wasn't as effective at switching it off as Jock was, shall we say? So how does it look? It actually looks quite all right. It's almost like a cross. I dare say it between a Suzuki DR200 and a Honda CRF250L. Uh, great big headlight, but really sleek body, really lightweight looking. Um, honestly, I think for people, um, say the size of um, our friend Jesse Meek, um, it would be a really good option actually if um, Jesse didn't ride an old TTR. Um, but yeah, it's going to be very, very interesting because it doesn't replace the KLX 250S. So that bike's still sticking around in the Kawasaki range. It slots in above the KLX 140, below the KLX 250S, and should be actually um, quite usable. So they used to have a smaller capacity, I think it was like a KLX 150, for quite some time, and it was sort of their urban dual-purpose bike, but it was kind of a little too small to actually be any useful for a fat Kiwi like us. So this should be actually be a really interesting bike. Price is yet to be ascertained. Yeah, it should be very, very interesting, and Kawasaki are very excited to offer a model that covers such a wide application, they say. Brilliant. Looking forward to seeing that and getting on it and giving it a burn, eh? Yeah, man. Right, well, that pretty much brings to an end the news. And we've been busy in the last week. Not only have we had a, a long weekend, uh, interviews up the yin-yang, and man, I was up early this morning uh, producing a radio show. Uh, I can only feel for you, though, uh, spending three days in Thailand. I oh, know, it was horrible. It was like 30, 35 degrees. The beer was all paid for by Mata Guzzi. 
Uh, I had a private pool and a whole villa to myself. That was awful. So they weren't whining and dining you for no reason. Uh, if you have followed us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash powerbandpodcast, or of course follow uh, Kiwi Rider, you'll know exactly what we're talking about here. The Moto Guzzi V85 TT launch in Thailand. Yeah, and um, I have recorded a fair bit of footage, as you may have seen on our old Facebook pages. I wait to give us something just for us, so um, get your ears around this. Retro motorcycle styling and the ever-popular adventure motorcycle categories come together with this, Motoguzzi's brand new V85 TT. With the two best-selling segments in the motorcycle industry currently being the modern classic and adventure classes, it's really quite some surprise that until now there's been very little crossover between the two. But that all changes now with the 2019 Motoguzzi V85 TT. Priced from $19,990, Motoguzzi is calling the V85 TT a classic enduro and that's their way of sort of marketing, putting their stamp on this new segment which combines the modern classic and the ever capable adventure class. But when it comes to living up to the expectations of such a machine, does the V85 really have what it takes? Well, we've come here to Phuket in Thailand for the Asia-Pacific launch of the V85 TT to find out how it stacks up when it comes to delivering not only the comfort and, and go-anywhere ability of an adventure bike, but also the characterful experience of a modern classic. When it comes to delivering the latter, the V85 TT, like all motoguzzies, has character in spades. While the bike follows the growing trend of a more manageable mid-class 850cc engine, unlike Motoguzzi's other 850cc bikes, the V9 and V9 Roma and Bobber, uh, Motoguzzi's put a lot of effort into developing this engine and making it a bit more peppy. Uh, as such, it has 59 kilowatts and 80 newton meters of power. Um, and while the bike isn't a powerhouse, it is more than capable for the task at hand. In fact, the engine isn't a tractor light motor like we've come to expect from Motoguzzi. Uh, rev it above 4,500 RPM and it is really, really enjoyable and when it comes to hitting the twisties, the bike is flickable, easily manageable and a lot of fun. So with the V85 TT being the first bike from Motoguzzi to enter the adventure market since the Stelvio, uh, the bike really did have to impress. As such, Motoguzzi has put a lot of high-end parts and technology into this bike to make sure that it can not only stand up with the big boys of the class, but also define its own self. As such, not only does it have adjustable KYB suspension front and rear, Brembo brakes, it also has a TFT display instead of a traditional analog gauge cluster. Uh, the TFT has been developed through P uh, Piaggio, which is Motoguzzi's larger parent company, and it's a brilliant bit of kit. Next to it is of course a USB charger which is incredibly useful when you're touring. You can plug in your phone, GPS or whatever device you have and charge it as you go. But the TFT is a real hero here. Uh, not only does it give you all the information you need, uh, you can also easily switch, easily switch between three rider modes. So you have a road mode, a rain mode and a off-road mode. Now road mode is your general do anything all purpose mode, rain mode is for when it gets a bit slippery and dulls down your throttle response a wee bit, and off road mode disables 
rear ABS and alters the traction control settings. Uh, as we found out when it came to hitting the beach we needed to disable traction control completely which thankfully Motoguzzi has allowed you to do in off-road mode as well as completely disable the ABS which for adventure riders that is quite an important ability to be able to do. So a strong hint as to the target market that Motoguzzi is targeting this bike at is the selection of wheel sizes. So unlike more adventurous uh, adventure bikes which come with a 21 inch front wheel, Motoguzzi has opted to do a more all-purpose 19 inch front wheel and 17 inch rear wheel combination here. So that's kind of screams out that this isn't intended to be a very serious off-road machine but more as a nice all-round machine that can do a bit of everything with competence. Uh, with over 200 millimeters of ground clearance and a 23 litre fuel tank which is the largest in the mid-size class uh, the bike can really do just that. Out on the road the bike is a very comfortable machine uh, with ergonomics that are perfectly suited for the average size rider though Motoguzzi does offer uh, three comfort seat options that allow the bike to be tailored for 95% of the population they just have told us. Uh, with its 19 inch front wheel the bike is easy to flick from corner to corner when it comes to twisty road conditions and there were plenty of those here in Thailand to put the bike through its paces but yeah, you need to keep the engine revving above 4,500 rpm to really get the most out of it. On When it came to riding the bike off-road we had some time on some mucky trails and we did a couple of river crossings and the bike was surprisingly competent. Um, Honestly, if you look at this bike, it does look a lot like it's been styled to look like a competent enduro machine. Not so much to actually fulfill that, but thankfully uh, you can't judge a book by its cover and the V85 TT is a very capable bike. In fact, when it came to riding it on the beach, uh, all but one rider managed to get the bike bogged down and the one rider who was not bogged down was the hero of the day and was riding the bike, riding rings around everyone else. Uh, it is incredibly capable in the right hands. Um, so does the V85 TT hit the nail on the head for delivering that classic enduro promise as Motoguzzi puts it? Well apart from some minor quirks and gripes to do with the electronics package, which is typically Italian, uh, the V85 TT is a remarkably well-rounded motorcycle. With its sub $20,000 entry point and do anything nature, the V85 TT is a lot of motorcycle for your money. It's a funny looking bike, uh, it's a little bit classic, a little bit retro, a little bit new, but apparently in the right hands it can do quite well. Yes, yeah, so um, as I said before, um, Jock from Kiwi Rider, he can ride rings around pretty much anyone and he did so, we um, somehow found ourselves on a beach in Thailand. Um, was that a hold my beer moment or did the, the trail actually go out to the beach? Yeah, the trail actually went out to the beach and they said we could go out there so long as we didn't crash, which I maintain I did not crash, I just buried my bike up to its swing arm in sand. Yeah, you didn't crash, you just got stuck. <laughs> yeah, three times. Three times. Um, it's a 230 kilogram bike, which I didn't mention in the um, audio just before as well. It's a, it's a decent size uh, machine. It doesn't actually feel that way though, um, at a lot of the time. Um, but anyway, I had the base bike, which comes with Metzler Tourance tyres, um, which are very road oriented. And um, as I was going out there, I was riding along the sandy trail and the bike keeps stalling. I was going, hang on, what's going on here? Turned out the traction control um, was turned on still um, because in the off-road mode, traction control is retained. They just modify the setting so it'll allow a bit more slip. Um, but in the sand, obviously, you want 
all the slips so you can just wring the nuts off the bike and keep forward momentum going um, and so Jock had cleverly disabled that before we even got onto the sandy trail I needed help my little switch on the right hand handlebar so it being a motor guzzy um, being a Piaggio product to change the rider modes you have to thumb the starter button twice to change to get it to flick between road rain and off-road modes and that's weird but you can go in through the um, TFT screen into the settings and disable ABS and disable um, MGCT which is Motor Guzzi's traction control. I could disable the um, ABS easy enough but my little switchy thing was playing up so I couldn't actually turn traction control off and I had to get a Motor Guzzi engineer to do it for me and he eventually got it um, working as I nearly jumped on someone else's bike to go play on the beach. Um, I think my bike got a wee bit jealous there. But yeah anyway um, once you turn the ignition off as well those aids come back on so so every time you stop the bike it resets itself uh, every time i turn the ignition off so um after the third time i got stuck um i was well buggered so this is 35 degrees like 70 percent humidity i'm wearing full riding gear kevlar jeans um my former adventure boots my scott jacket and my uh scorpion lid and i was baking and i was literally about to keel over i just basically like flicked the bike off and made a there was a tent conveniently parked on the beach with a whole lot of gatorade and i went and oh, i felt like i could have drunk one of those big old uh, jugs you see at like the super bowl that they tip over the coach um and yeah basically <laughs> my bike was just about 100 meters down the beach it was fine it had parked itself do check out facebook.com forward slash powerband podcast there's a photo up there now of your bike with you standing beside it that is well buried yeah and that's not even um that's halfway to china well there was a couple of japanese guys there because it was the japanese um the asia pacific launch and um so after i got helped out of that sticky situation that was on camera um we could hear this bike just going ning, 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 ning. and um, the poor old guzzy engineer had been helping me looks up and he just goes oh yeah insert expletive here um and so i thought i'd done a good job burying my bike no this guy had topped me he'd buried it down to the skid plate to the point where the pegs had disappeared underground <laughs> wow um, and so we took a big group photo because honestly it was really good spirited launch like if you did that on say some other launch you get it right bollocking from like the media guys or whatever and they'd go no no photos that doesn't send the right um, message now nah, all the guzzy guys are like look it's all in the spirit of fun like we're here on the beach we're having a blast nobody's broken nobody's crashed nobody's hurt nobody's died um let's just enjoy it and we took this big group photo <laughs> with this stuck bike and then we pulled it out um and while the bike stuck jock's just doing donuts around pretty much so so jock was the one so we had to dig these bikes out and we pointed them towards the track and we just whistled jock over and go right mate you're the only one out of all the riders here who pretty much who can um, actually ride these things on sand um off you go take it away and he did he did it three times he was um he even got a special uh, nod at the end of the day um we're having our dinner back at the resort and they put a big slideshow presentation on about um the day's ride with some photos and some video and that and up comes hero of the day in big capital letters um with a video of jock rescuing my bike out of the sand <laughs> and i was right just sitting there waiting for them to go and from hero to zero <laughs> and me like just yeah 
Um, thankfully, they uh, again really good spirited guys there. Like it's all in the name of fun. But yeah, that bike was really impressive. Um, I, I you would have seen it in the videos I whacked up on the Facebook page as we're going along. I was right impressed. Um, I wasn't expecting it to be anywhere near as confidence inspiring. Like I did my very first river crossing on the thing. Liked it so much, I did it again and again and again and again and again just to get wet because it was damn hot. Um, and yeah, it's honestly, I went into it thinking, oh, a base bike, oh, they don't look as good as the premium editions. I'd pay the extra $1,000 more, get the Michelin Anarchy tyres that come on those, which are a bit more off-road oriented, but only slightly. Um, but no, I fell in love with the base bike I was riding and at $19,990, it's a hell of a lot of bike for your money. Um, and I said that at the end of the video, and it's true. When we first uh, found out that you were going to Thailand, we had Jesse Meek on the show, uh, I think it was back in season two, uh, and we were giving you, a, we were winding you up about some of the native animals that were going to eat you, sting you, poison you, uh, devour you while you were over there. Did you have any run-ins with any uh, any local floor, for, what's the word, flora and fauna? Fauna. Um, well, I didn't personally, but um, funny you mentioned that because as we were sitting out on our press rides, so at these events, you sort of, you all gather around, you've generally got a lead rider who knows the ride route, um, a sort of a rider in the middle of the pack and a tail end Charlie to make sure nobody gets lost and buggers off elsewhere with um, these $20,000 bikes. I somehow got pole position, so I was riding behind the lead rider. No idea how. My name was not alphabetically up there. But um, anyway, I'm riding behind this dude. He's a Motor Guzzi, um, I think he's a R&D engineer. Um, he's a former racer anyway. The dude can ride. And we're riding past this resort, and all of a sudden he starts waving his hands um, like he's fighting something. And then he pulls over, and I was going, hang on a minute, what's going on here? And I pull up right behind him, and he jumps off the bike, and he starts, like, hitting the bike and stuff. I was going, what the heck's going on here, man? Anyway, so I jump off, and I'm like, mate, what's, what's going on? And he points, and there's a frog, and a frog had jumped out of a tree and attacked him. And then it decided it wanted to attack the bike and was hiding behind the TFT screen. Was it one of those cool ones that you see on a David Attenborough show that are like really highly uh, coloured but really poisonous? Um, oh, I just looked like your typical frog to me, to be honest. Um, yeah, I don't think it was poisonous. Hope it wasn't. Um, but anyway, it took us five minutes, um, four Indonesian journalists and about three sticks to get this one frog out from behind the TFT screen of this guzzy. Uh, and... Honestly, it's the funniest thing that's ever happened on a press launch um, while I've been sober. <laughs> like, just you couldn't have um, you couldn't have uh, picked that anything like that happening. I thought maybe it would happen in the jungle or whatever. No, we're just cruising along like this back road between resorts, and a frog jumps out and attacks our lead rider. Um, and I copped yeah, I copped it all on film as well. Um, so I'm going to try and edit it and kind of point out because it was filmed on a chesty GoPro. Um, but you can see the frog. So I might see if I can quickly edit something up and whack that on the Facebook page for you to have a gander at. Brilliant. Well, it sounds like you had an absolute blast. Moto Guzzi's V85TT. When do we think we might see that on the shores of our fair country? Um, they are arriving now, but unfortunately, the very first two shipments are sold out um, by Guzzi pre-orders. So... 
yeah, you're gonna, you might be able to grab one at a dealership for a test ride if it's a, um, a dealer's vehicle, but um, to buy your own, you're gonna have to wait, I think it's a month or so for the third shipment to arrive. Uh, but that saves a heck of a lot. Oh, if you're into one of them, you won't have to wait that long. I mean, that, do, that you will have to wait that long, but it doesn't feel that long. I mean, months, not Yeah, it's not, not too forever. long at all. Um, but yeah. It's not like four months for the T7. <laughs> oh, yeah. Honestly, like, for a regular Kiwi rider, this bike is pretty much all you need. Um, honestly, it's well sorted. It is an all-rounder. And the only reason you go for... The bikes with the 21-inch front wheel is because you want either that extra capability because you're Chris Birch or you're trying to get involved in the pissing contest. Now, back in Season 1, we uh, we patented our very own uh, meter of, of, of how we rate bikes. And basically, a 1 is absolute uh, absolute brilliant because you're going to down that one beer really fast to get back on the bike. And five's terrible. Because you're going to have five beers and probably not want to get back on the bike at all. Uh, so the Motoguzzi V85 TT, uh, one being fantastic or zero being even better, and five being absolutely terrible. Where does it fall? Oh, I'd say one. It's honestly, it was really, really good, and I actually refrained from drinking at lunchtime um, during our lunch stop so that I could just be fully immersed in this bike. Um, it was really impressive, and honestly. I know what you're thinking, it's an Italian bike, it's going to be weird, it's going to be quirky, um, but once you get your head around the fact that it's got that transverse V-twin engine, it is, honestly, it blew me away. Uh, all my expectations I went into it were either wrong or um, exceeded. It, yeah, one beer. I'd do one beer. Brilliant. Well, thanks very much. You did a great job, Matt. We'll send you again. As if we had something to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> now, while you're away, Matt, uh, we had the opportunity to talk with one of the queens of dirt, uh, Natasha Kins, who is an awesome chick and a fantastic dirt rider. And because you're away, Matt, I brought Kiwi riders Ben Wilkins in on the story. And we got to have a yarn with Natasha and find out what makes her tick. And joining us on the podcast, the Queen of Dirt, Enduro Roasted, Natasha Cairns. Good afternoon. Good evening. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you doing, right? Fantastic. And also on the line, uh, Kiwi Rider Editor, Ben Wilkins. Hello. Yoda. Welcome, 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 team. Hey, uh, firstly, both of you, thank you very much for taking the time out of your uh, your long weekend Monday evening to have a yarn with us. Um, also, congratulations, Tash, on your recent wins on the dirt. Awesome. Thank you very much. Hey, let's start with the basics. Who are you and what do you do? I'm Natasha Kins, obviously. And um, I I like to ride dirt bikes, basically in a nutshell. Um, so I also race for the um, KDM Off-Road Racing Team and have done for whew, since like 2010, which kind of is showing my age now, which is a bit scary. Um, and yeah, predominantly just racing like cross countries and enduro events throughout New Zealand. So you obviously ride a KTM day to day. What do you ride? I do. Um, I ride a, a, a 150 XCW. Uh, two straight for those that um not sure on on the dirt dirt bike side of things um so yeah and i've been racing that since um they well they were introduced um for like what four years ago now don't quote me on that um and i originally was on like a 200 um exe from there but yeah, I have raced a, a number of, um, of of bikes throughout my racing career. And you were also tied into the recent uh, Queens of Dirt event. I am, I am. Um, yeah, that kind of was like a, 
uh, a few years in the making as in having a think of um, really how how we can um, support women um, that that can ride more and um, I basically um, how it all really started was I thought okay I'll give I'll give Jane a call I'll give a few people a call and just see hey what 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 can we do um, and um, yeah when I was having a chat with Jane this is Jane Whitaker um, and she 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 was actually thinking about um, this for a number of years as well which is really cool so we both come together and we're like okay let's just see what we can do um, and see yeah and, and just go from there so what we initially did was we um, put a survey out to the dirt biking community, the, the girls of the dirt biking community, and um, just to see what the actual situation was with um, with women in dirt biking in New Zealand. And so we got a lot of information there, like what they don't and don't like about what they do and do not like about riding dirt bikes and um, what are the barriers that kind of keep them from riding or... And things like that. So yeah, that's that's where the Queens of Dirt really came from. So you've had you've had what one event so far? Yeah, one, <laughs> and it was amazing. Yeah. So um, our like Queens of Dirt kind of um committee as such, we really started only in probably July last year, and yeah, and our Rise of the Queens, which is our first event, um, that was yeah last month on the eleventh of May, which um yeah was was incredible was an incredible turnout it was an event um which was like a, a kind of like a trail ride which we had like 30 and 10k um loops um and we also had like a novice track there as well we had some skills clinics running which was one myself was teamed up with brad groombridge um and then we had another clinic running at the same time with um we brought Gemma wilson over from australia um and she was teamed up with um Chris Power. So we had them running um, side by side. And then we also had like equipment clinics, like just learning the basics, like how to lube your chain and what what things to look for before you go out and hit the trails. Um, and that was run by Sean Prescott, Mark Delator, Jake Whitaker. It does sound like a, an absolutely fantastic event. Um, I'm kind of jealous that I couldn't come along myself, but obviously I've, I've got one major hurdle of that uh, in that vein but i mean you you mentioned you uh, your committee asked a lot of the females of the dirt riding community about the barriers that stop them riding or keep them from uh any form of you know dirt motorsport what are some of the barriers and what what can be done to to encourage more uh more ladies to to two wheels and and dirt tracks and yeah basically i think it's it's more of the the girls out there is um they like they have really supportive boyfriends or partners and friends that that go out riding together but i think they feel like they may like i guess maybe let the the guys down if they're always waiting for them to catch up them going on the trail and things like that so i guess with bringing all the girls together we thought that hey you know we, we're trying to just build the confidence and and never think like that because um yeah we're all we've all been there all started out learning to ride and yeah we're just you know, trying to just build that confidence all together and and share our um tips and tricks along the way on how we you know we've we've got to where we are with riding and things like that so how would a young or not so young woman go about having a go at um riding off road where would you say they start yeah one of one of the 
the tricky bits is is it is a quite an expensive sport to kind of just go out there and just buy a bike and and give it a go. Um, so for those that probably haven't got the luxury of, um, I guess, starting out when they're they're younger and things like that, I'm just trying to think because when I was I only started racing or riding when I was like when I was probably about 19, 20, and that was because um, a guy kind of a friend introduced me to it and I thought oh this is this is cool so I went it was when I was actually got the money together to be able to buy a bike and, and go out there and give it a go but um I went to probably just like a local trail ride that one of the um local clubs put on and and yeah there's there's always people around there that are always willing to help you out and and things but with it with a younger girl that's looking at getting in like maybe like a like i think there's like the mini motocross and things like that which are they're really cool to to be a part of and 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 also help you out there with things so okay and uh there's a website isn't there with all the new zealand uh like dirt events uh, on it a silver bullet where they could go along and uh look for something nearby and maybe go along and have a look and have a chat yeah definitely silver bullet is like the place to go to find out about events trail rides races that you name it it's on there um, we also have got um, a Facebook group dedicated to like Kiwi chicks on on dirt bikes as such. So it's a Facebook group where we can just you know the girls can just ask any questions if it's just about where to ride this weekend or what type of riding gear that they like or or things to try and, and like that. That could be a place to to go as well. Yeah, th- th- that sounds like it could be somewhere where they could go and say, hey, uh, I'd like to have a go. Can mm. anybody point me in the right direction? Yeah, absolutely. And that's probably something that we're going to look at doing in the future, hopefully, is like a have a go day. That's, yeah, hopefully something in the pipeline that we're looking at doing. Okay. Do you know the uh, what that Facebook page is? It's Kiwi Chicks on Dirt Bikes. Yep, that, that's, that's what's coming up for me. Kiwi Chicks on Dirt Bikes, 400-odd members now. Um, and then also you can just get in touch with... Um, with us, um, Queens of Queens of Dirt New Zealand or Queens of Dirt NZ on the Facebook page as also on Instagram as well. So Tosh, um, tell us uh, or tell some of the listeners some of your achievements, uh, what you've won, some of the races you've done. Oh, I'm not one to, to talk about myself too much, but um, I have, um, well, I've been racing enduro in New Zealand for a long time and they have had a ladies class there for a number of years. So I'm what you call a multi-time um, Women's New Zealand Enduro Champion. It, it's cool. It's really cool. And you don't get me wrong with that, but um, it's not why I predominantly ride a dirt bike. I'm not really um, too competitive, but I suppose when I do get the helmet on it, it yeah, I do I do get competitive side of me. Um, so what is it then that, um, that, that, that excites you? I mean, you're not majorly competitive. What is it that, uh, that gets you on the bike? I guess it represents a way um, to, to live life at its max setting, basically. Um, and it's a way for me to escape. And, um, you know, out in the forest, a bit of freedom there. It's, it's my happy place, really. Um, and it, I guess it has also helped me in other aspects of life. So it like, kind of encouraged me to be more confident. Um, as well as a person, so yeah, that's that's basically in a nutshell why why I do what I do. For the people out there mm. who don't know what an enduro is, can, can you mm. can you can you describe an enduro? What happens? The first thing I usually say is, do you know how a rally works? A rally is in WRC type cars and stuff. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Like you've got stages as such, and then you've got time sections in between. But um, 
say for instance um it's really like maybe they could do like a 30k or a 20k loop it all depends on on where you are in in the country and which um clubs are running it but predominantly they about 20 to 30k loop um and there could be about maybe four of those during the day so within that loop you may have one or two what they call terrain tests in that and they could be maybe maximum five minutes long basically they start the day at about like 10 o'clock in the morning roughly and you're given a number on sign on yeah your, your numbers are like one through to 30 and say for instance the intermediate riders like the classes that i ride in uh, we don't usually start till what they call minute 20 which is 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 almost like the the time of day so say if it starts at 10 o'clock um and you're on minute 20 you start at 10 20 so it's, it's quite simple in that way um and then when your time comes up say 10 20 you go on and you do your loop um and then there might be a couple of people out during that 30k loop that'll tell you to stop and that'll be where your the start of your terrain test starts so that's where you go 100 percent as fast as you can um until you see another couple of people at the end so similar to a to a rally rally stage there and um yeah you basically come back and refuel have a bite to eat and then you back out again you do it all over again till till maybe two o'clock in the afternoon so um <laughs> i i know you're um quite partial to an extreme enduro T- tell us uh, <laughs> what an extreme enduro is uh, extreme enduro is slightly, I guess it's what they call like an, just think an expert trail ride, like you have gnarly hills or you could have um, log crossings, river crossings, um, yeah, and sometimes like the ones that um, Sean Clark and the Forest Trail Events run, they do the Husqvarna Hard Adventure Enduro, uh, which is about in October in the year. And that's about three days long. So you have like a prologue. If you've ever seen like the Romaniacs, Rebel Romaniacs, yeah, they yeah. have like an, an yeah they have like an enduro um, cross style um, prologue. So that'll be like yeah, there's logs and you can have like man-made objects that you you go over. Um, so there's quite a bit of skill involved. On it's not just all about how fast you can go. It's actually you have to have a bit of skill to try and get, get over these these obstacles and things like that. So, um, yeah, it's 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 it's, it's a tough day, especially especially for um, well for everyone really, but for the um, people like me that we we have a we have a bit of bit of talent, but um, sometimes that can run out. But um, it's it's <laughs> it's more of um, I guess what gets me through them is. Um, yeah just just needing to finish and and never give up um so yeah it's it's really cool to finish an event like that and just go yay i did that that's awesome you mentioned the the need of having a little bit of talent how do you go from having never ridden a bike before in what did you say 2009 2010 to to winning enduros in 2019 what's that nine or ten years on a bike how do you go from zero to hero in that that amount of time zero to hero i love it um it's just like getting out on the bike every weekend um i guess i was lucky enough to ride with a really good supportive um, group of men um, that were really encouraging and they were faster than me. Um, So I think that's quite important if you want to, I guess, get faster yourself is to have someone faster that you can try and catch all the time um, because that's going to push you there. So, yeah, I guess I just, yeah, have really good 
support crew and, and we just go riding all the time and yeah the, at the end of the day it, it's bike time and that gets you gets you up there another thing i wanted to ask is what's your yeah. favorite event or your favorite ride oh that's a tough one i've got a few favorite rides and, and um they they have to be mainly forest trail events um um, Sean and Adele Clark, they do some really cool events down there. So it probably is either going to be like the Husqvarna Hard Adventure Enduro. Yeah. Yeah. I think that'll yeah. be the one that tops the list. Yeah. I keep um, uh, threatening to uh, enter, but um, I keep getting a bit scared. <laughs> Don't, be. Don't be scared. <laughs> it's like a tra- like a trail ride. Just think of it as a trail ride with a few hairy bits thrown in but i've thought about entering the uh, the moonshine round of the enduro series but the um i don't know if the old wr would handle it no it'll be fine like um hey. this year was quite wet it was quite wet and quite tricky in places but you know it it's absolutely fine and sometimes i find that with, with the trickier the courses are um you I call it character building sometimes especially when you start talking to yourself <laughs> and <laughs> get your stuff together let's do this so yeah that's no, cool do you ride on the road or do you just ride off road i was actually predominantly off road okay but i was really fortunate enough to be um asked to help out with the kem um rallies um mm, so they yeah. they came down and did um well they did the the northland and coromandel loop last december and I just helped out on the, the Coromandel side of things. And I was lucky enough to have um, loan of a, a 690. So, um, yeah, we did a bit of um, scoping out the, the trails and things on that for a while. And that was, that was a lot of fun. I, I, so, I love the whole concept that you can just, like, ride from home and then go and explore and then ride back home <laughs> instead of packing. You've got a road licence? I do. Oh, I nice. do. Um I only just got my road license probably, yeah, last year. So just in time for the the rally. Obviously had my learners because as part of going to like the Australian four-day enduros, you have to have um, your your road license. So I had to get that back in 2011. But you only had to get your learners, so... I, I know you've got a, I know you've got a few sponsors. Would you like to give them a shout out? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I've been lucky enough to be supported by KDM for for a number of years, and um, yeah, they they're really cool and help me out there, and obviously help us out with the the Queens of Dirts and and what our vis, our vision was there. Um, I've also supported by Forbes and Davies with um, Dunlop uh, tires, um, and also Workshop Graphics. And yeah, they're the the main main guys that help me out, and also Motorex um, New Zealand too, with the wheels and things. So. Now I asked Brad Groombridge this when uh, we interviewed him in season one. Uh, if money was no object, like you could, you've got all the money, you've got all the travel, you got you don't have to worry about anything. What's 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 on the bucket list as far as riding goes? My dream has always been to try and head along and do a six-day enduro. I think that would be on my bucket list. Six days on a bike probably doesn't really – racing a bike probably doesn't interest much people, but I think that would be pretty cool. Well, Natasha Kins, queen of dirt and uh, a bloody good dirt rider, rider by the sounds of it as well. Thank you very, very much for taking this time out of your long weekend to have a yarn with us. 
Uh, we look forward to seeing much more success from you uh, shared across, uh, well, social media. We'll hit share on all of those as well. Um, and thank you very much to, uh, to Kiwi Rider for supporting you and bringing you to our attention as a Power Band Podcast as well. Cool. Thanks, guys. It's been fun. And what a down-to-earth chick she is too. Fantastic. Hey, thanks very much for your time, Natasha. And, of course, Ben as well. Uh, it's great to, to, to talk dirt. And uh, after that interview, Matt, we actually talked about uh, hitting the bush and potentially getting Natasha to give us some pointers. Ooh, that'd be handy. So maybe next time, maybe in the future, we'll, um, we'll, we'll go bush and see what happens. Yeah, I might have to either sort out a press bike or I might have to borrow a ride on your WOR. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's your baby. I'd never get a chance. <laughs> um, well, that pretty much brings us to the end of another episode. It is season three, episode six. We've got four episodes to go, Matt. Jeez, where's the season going? Oh, it's disappearing real quick. When you're excited about going to uh, Thailand, though, it, it does disappear fast. Yeah, the next four weeks are probably going to be a bit of a drag. Actually, no, they're not, because... Yeah, I've got another launch to look forward to. Ooh, do we get a hint? I don't know if we've announced this on the podcast yet, have we? I don't know if I even know where you're going. So long as I get my paperwork in order, um, I should be going in the middle of July to America for two or three days to Portland, Oregon, where they have lots and lots of uh, craft beer. Yes, and what kind of bike would we be riding in Portland, Oregon? An electric one. Ooh, very exciting. Yes. So, um, well, obviously that's not going to make it to the in this season, um, but I thought I'd drop that in there because we'll definitely be covering that in season four. Well, I've got a few thank yous to say this episode. Got to say a massive thank you to, uh, well, to you, Matt, and on throttle.co.nz oh, thanks, uh, for sharing all your media with us from your trip to Thailand uh, and from us at Powerband Podcast. Thank you very much to, uh, to Moto Guzzi for um for putting the event on i mean it sounds like a fantastic bike can't wait to ride it myself yeah honestly man if um so i've done a lot of these little press junkety things over um the last so five or six years that was definitely a top three can't tell you what the best one is but um honestly in terms of organization um, and nice people to be around that was definitely top three massive thank you also to Motomark Motomark came on board and uh, said yeah no we'll back you for another season so thank you very much Motomark making sure that season three is free and without a paywall to you <clears throat> now Motomark we've prattled on about it a lot but we wouldn't be prattling on about it if it didn't work. Motormark is fantastic. Now, I took the WR to a trail ride a couple of weekends ago. It got filthy because I dropped it in the bush many, many times. Didn't you drop it in a muddy ditch as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I broke <laughs> the clutch perch, which I've since replaced with a uh, pro, I want to say pro tapper. I've always pronounced it pro tapper, but apparently it's pro taper. Yeah, I've always heard it as pro taper. So I've, I've replaced it with a pro taper uh, clutch assembly, which I haven't had a chance to try out yet. But this isn't about that it's about motormark so the bike got filthy i didn't even hose it off i just sprayed motormark on it and then got the the pressure blaster on it and blasted it off beautifully clean it took me less time to clean the bike when i got home up being you know sore after a trail ride using my using motormark than it did to actually load and unload the bike and get all the gear out of the boot of the car yeah that's the thing that takes the longest doesn't it getting getting the stuff out of the car 
Well, actually, no, it's cleaning the bike properly. And you know you've got a couple of cold ones in the fridge that you're just looking forward to downing. So head to motomuck.co.nz. Thank you, Rach Hilton and the team at Motomuck for supporting us. Use the the promo code POWERBAND, one word, P-O-W-E-R-B-A-N-D, and you'll get 15% off at motomuck.co.nz. Also, I tried this out. If you use the code FREEF, F-R-E-E-F, you'll get free freight this month as well, this month being June. Wow. So you can use both of those codes at the same time, get 15% off your purchase and free freight, uh, and you're winning. Go to motomuck.co.nz and grab that. Also, massive high five and uh, a handshake and uh, mad props to our friends at Kiwi Rider. Head to kiwirider.co.nz. We're we're recording this episode on a Tuesday night. Uh, Ben would normally be joining us, but he sends his apologies because he's working his absolute bollocks off getting the brand new edition of Kiwi Rider out tonight. Yeah, I actually. Uh, So that will be live Wednesday morning. Yeah, I actually got to have a uh, weekend at one of the lead stories he uh, flicked it my way for a quick peruse uh, just to make sure it made sense and whatnot and um yeah oh it was it was about the party couch ray now we mentioned the party couch was going to come out in an episode uh, a couple of weeks ago but it actually turned out not to be specifically the party couch the party couch is the bmw r1250 gs adventure which ben was riding around a trip to taranaki uh end of season two uh we were we, we said it was coming out but it turned out to be not the adventure version so this one that's coming out in the episode this week is the party couch is the adventure one is the story by been uh, that bike that he rode on that trip. Mm, and um, our bikes get a shout out as well, which is quite Do they? neat to read. Yeah. Are there photos and everything? Uh, I only read the uh, read the story. I will be just as eager as you to have a look at what photos um, Ben has decided to use to go with that story. Brilliant. Other stories in this week's edition of Kiwi Rider. The Honda Africa Twin Adventure Sports through the Molesworth uh, Station. Uh, the last Far North Adventure Ride and the 2020 2020 KTM Enduro range, Honda's 2020 CRF and CRF RX models are all revealed. So do check out kiwirider.co.nz for that magazine. Follow them on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash kiwirider magazine. The magazine, we say it's a magazine, it's not a physically printed magazine, but it's absolutely free for you to read. It's fully uh, interactive. You can read it on your iPad, probably your Kindle, your laptop, your computer, your phone if you're if you're a public transport type person you can sit on the train and read it on your phone on the way to work Uh, and if there's something in there that you like you can click on it read more there's videos there's everything it's a very nifty uh, way of reading a magazine to be honest you know what I love people say ah magazines these days they're full of bloody ads well I love that Kiwi Rider is free yes there there are ads but it's ads for stuff that I probably want because I ride that bike or a bike similar but the ads pay for the magazine. I don't have to spend $12, whatever, to buy a magazine that's full of ads. I get it for free. Yeah, all you have to do is, um, what, you click on kiwirider.co.nz, you click on the magazine, and it gives you the option to subscribe. And every couple of weeks, boom, it's in your inbox. Mm. And if you don't want to describe, you, uh, subscribe, you don't have to. Highly recommend it, though. kiwirider.co.nz. Thank you for your support, uh, Veg and Ben and Jock and everyone else involved in Kiwi Rider. You're all awesome. I think that leaves us with just one thing to go just one thing to do 
That is the dad joke, and I got one for you. Uh, I used this one on the radio this morning, Matt. Are you ready? Oh, it's not stale because you used it on the radio, is it? No. Lay it on me. Why does the skeleton hmm. not go trick or treating? I thought I had something, but uh, why does the skeleton not go trick or treating? Because he has no body to go with. Ah, no body. See what I did there? No body because he's a skeleton. No body. Powerman Podcast Season 3, Episode, what are we, 6. Thank you very much for listening. And uh, we will be back next week with a whole lot more motorcycling goodness. I've been Ray. I've been Matt. Keep the rubber side down, power on. Uh, Hit that subscribe button. Hit that like button. Share it with your mates because they ride motorbikes too. And we'll catch you in seven days' time. (laughs) 